Praise the Lord. Amen? Amen. I'm glad after I leave, I got a better place to go. There's two good, new, two good things in that. I get to leave, and then I got a better place to go when I do. Amen? I hope you do too. Let's turn to the book of Mark again. The book of Mark, chapter, chapter number one, once more. Mark chapter number one. Let's begin at verse number 29. Mark chapter one, verse number 29. Remember last Sunday night we left a place in the, in the gospel according to Mark where the Lord Jesus had cast out demons from a man in the synagogue. And immediately, if you remember, that Mark is, is trying to get us trying to get us to see who the Lord Jesus Christ is. You could think of it that God is painting a picture of Jesus for us to see and understand. We don't know what He looks like in the flesh. We, don't, we will one day, but not yet. But what God wants us to know is, is who He is. That's the picture that Scripture wants us to know. And so we've learned about Jesus is that He, he speaks with authority. He teaches with authority. And then we learned at the, after his sermon at the synagogue that Jesus cast out demons. And so who is this Jesus of Nazareth? He teaches with authority. He, doesn't, he, he teaches from a... Doesn't, he's not quoting other men. He's not saying, if you remember, uh, Dr. So-and-so says, or, or the scribe says, or the scribe so-and-so says. He, but he spoke rather, but I say unto you. And I tell you this. Others have said this, but I say unto you. And so he speaks with authority, not from the traditions, the oral traditions of his fathers. And so not only does he have authority in his teaching, but Jesus has authority over demonic power and activity. And that's not something to be considered lightly. I mean, Jesus has authority over satanic power. That's a huge amount of power. And so the Bible is showing you who Jesus is. So you can trust Him. Your faith can increase in who Christ is. That we grow from faith to faith. So your, your Lord, if you know Him, Jesus, thank God, praise the Lord, has power over satanic power and activity over your lives. So we're trusted in somebody who is more powerful than the devil. That is essential to understand and know. Amen? So tonight, uh, we're going to go a little bit further. And we're going to see, the Bible's going to show us something else that Jesus has power over. And we're going to begin in verse number 29. The Bible says, And forthwith, when they were come out of the synagogue, they entered into the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. But Simon's wife's mother lay sick of a fever, and Annan they tell him of her. So they told Jesus that Peter's mother-in-law is sick with a fever. And he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up, and immediately the fever left her, and she ministered unto them, which proved the miracle to be just a miracle, because you know whenever a fever leaves you, you're rather weak and tired, but she's not at all. She immediately got up and ministered unto them, verse 31. and verse 32, and at even when the sun did set, they brought unto him all that were diseased, and them that were possessed with devils, and all the city was gathered together at the door, and he healed many that were sick of divers diseases and cast out many devils and suffered not the devils to speak because they knew him. This is all one day, by the way. So on one day, Jesus is teaching in the synagogue on the Sabbath day. He cast out a man that has demons in him. 
then gets to the house of Peter where his mother-in-law is sick with a fever and he, he heals her from this fever and then Paul, Mark, Mark excuse me, is like summarizing. He's like, oh yeah, and by the way, there's, there's so, much deep, so much here happening. Mark says, and there was a bunch of people who were diseased, who were possessed. A bunch, the whole city, all of Capernaum was gathered at the door. And he healed many that were sick of diverse diseases. And he cast out many devils. And so not only did he cast out the man that had demons, not only did he heal Peter's mother-in-law that was sick, but Mark says, oh yeah, and by the way, there's like a bunch of people. As the whole town was gathered around, Jesus was healing them and casting out demons that day. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Help us, Lord, to see you, to see you as Scripture would have us to know you as. Lord, I pray our faith would increase tonight. Lord, we love you, we worship you, we praise you. Lord, bless your word in our hearing, and I pray, God, that it would be used, Lord, as a great help in our sanctification. Lord, forgive me of my sins, fill me with your spirit, and Lord, I pray your word would be a great, great power in our lives here tonight. Bless your church through the gospel. In your name, Jesus Christ, we pray and ask these things. Amen. So to prove that Jesus is not religious, he's not practicing a religion, after he leaves the synagogue, he still goes about doing good. And so he's not just going somewhere to go to church. And so Jesus goes to the synagogue, and then as he leaves the synagogue, he goes to Simon Peter's house, and there he continues to serve. He's still doing good, even though... He left church. And again, Mark is a, is, is, the gospel according to Mark is Jesus is presented as a, as a serving Savior. He's on the go. He's moving. He's hustling. He's working. He's laboring. And so he leaves the synagogue, goes to Simon Peter's house, and then he continues the good work that he had began. And so he leaves church, and he's still serving God. Amen? And so that's an example for us, isn't it? And so I hope tonight that your religion stop here, because Jesus didn't. And Peter said that, that Jesus left us an example that we should follow in his steps. And if we need a hero tonight, or somebody to follow after, let it be Jesus Christ. So Jesus did amazing things in church, but he left church and he kept doing it. So his, he wasn't religious in just attending a place of worship. And there's so many people that say they're Christian. There's so many people who profess to know Christ. And you can tell, you would, if you only know them on Sunday, you would say, yes, they seem to be Christian. But I wonder if we could see the same people on Monday, or even after the service on Sunday night. I wonder how we behave then. If, if, if it's contrary to our behavior on Sunday, then it means that we're just religious. And you all know as Baptists that religion can't save, can it? We need more than religion. We need salvation. And the gospel of Jesus or Christianity is not a religion. It is a relationship with God through the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you have a relationship with God, then that relationship, it will manifest itself on Tuesday. I mean, think if you say you know God, that has a whole lot more influence over your life than if you said, I go to church. I mean, who really cares? In that sense, what really matters, do you know God? And if you know God, then it's going gonna, it's gonna to show up on Thursday, isn't it? See, Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus is God, isn't he? 
And so God worked in the synagogue, and he didn't stop being God. He didn't stop being Jesus. And so he leaves the synagogue, goes to Simon Peter's house, and there's, some, there's another great need, and it, he has the power to do something about it. And if you have the power to do something about it, do it, amen? Do it for the name of Christ if you have the power to do something about it. And so he is Jesus Christ the Messiah after he left the synagogue. And he behaved as such. After you leave here tonight, if you're a Christian, and I mean a, you know God by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, then it's not because you go to church it's because you really know God. And that, that, that has nothing to do with where you go on a certain day, does it? I mean, if you know God, then it'll show up on Tuesday. It will. If you say you know God. I mean, if Jesus lives in you. I say this often, but the all-powerful, eternal Son of God who had the power to raise Lazarus from the dead, who has the power to cast out demons from the man at the synagogue, who arose from the dead himself, if that same spirit that arose Jesus Christ from the grave, if it also dwells in you, Romans 8, by the way, it'll quicken your mortal body. It'll, it will change who you are. Jesus is just acting himself, isn't he? He's just acting himself. He's not pretending. I, however we act is what we are. He's not putting on an act, is he? So he leaves the synagogue. He continues to minister after the service over, is over. Why? Because he came to minister. He, he said, I come to minister. I come to give my life a ransom for many. He, I didn't come to attend synagogue services. He came to minister to save sinners from their sins. He don't stop on Saturday. So Jesus left the service, and immediately he goes to a home, Simon Peter's house, where he heals Simon's mother-in-law from her disease, her fever. Now you might not think that's a big deal. Nowadays, you can get some penicillin, and you, the fever can, Lord willing, be reduced. But, you know, back in the old days, if you had strep throat, you might be in trouble. You know that? I mean, you, you keep a fever for a, a long amount of time, your kidneys might be shutting down. I mean, we're just in the 1800s, if somebody had a fever, there's two-year-olds dying. Little girls are passing away in the night of fever. They can't get the fever down. And this is a crisis. And from our perspective, it's not a crisis. This is a big deal. So Jesus goes to the synagogue, goes, then leaves, goes here, and he enters into a world that needs him. I'm glad that Jesus can meet the needs that the world has. This is a serious medical issue. And so Jesus, the Bible says that he took her by the hand, in verse 31, and he lifted her up. He just picked, so I, from what I gather from the text, she's laying, chilling in a bed, shaking, maybe unconscious. I remember once I had a fever about 104. I was seeing spots when I closed my eyes. You can go delusional from having a fever. So Jesus takes her by the hand and pulls her up, and the fever is gone. And immediately she ministered to other people. As I said at the beginning, proving it was a true miracle. She wasn't weak. 
They didn't have to feed her Campbell's soup for a little for a couple days. Immediately, she's made whole and she can serve other people. So what are we learning about Jesus? So Jesus, this is what we're learning about Christ. He has authority in his speech. He does his word. You ever heard his word speak to your heart? It has authority that nobody else has, don't it? So here's what we learn about Jesus. Jesus has authority by his word. He does. Jesus has authority over demonic activity. Jesus also has authority over sickness and disease. In one afternoon, Jesus spoke with authority, cast out demons by his authority, and his authority a woman that had a health crisis going on in her life. Jesus has awesome authority, don't he? We would be safe to say this about his authority. It is unmatched, isn't it? Unmatched. Nobody has ever done what Jesus has done in less than 12 hours. Nobody on earth has ever done this. Nobody has astounded religious leaders, cast out demons, and healed a woman. And listen, this is on the molecular level, isn't it? I mean, even now, you know this, they still can't figure out how to stop viruses. You know that? They still, they say, well, it's going to have to run its course. You ever heard that? It's just going to have to run its course. At 2,000-something years later, we're still saying that. We're, we're, all we can do is try to keep the fever down. All we can do is isolate you. All we can do, we do not know what to do. And here's a man 2,000-plus years ago, and he just lifted her up out of the sickbed. Who is he? He has all authority, don't he? So trust in him. Pray to him. Follow him. Believe on him. Rely on him. Pray to him. I mean trust him with everything you have. And when you've given all that you have to him, keep on giving it away and say, have my life. Take it all, please. Because he has all authority. And notice his authority is going and doing good. It's a good authority, isn't it? He's not putting demons in people. He's casting them out. He's not using his authority of word to confuse people. He's setting people free. He's not using his authority over disease to make people sick. He's using his authority over disease to make people well. What can we say then about him? Not only does he have all authority, but we can also say that Jesus Christ is all good, isn't he? He's good. He has authority that is good. He is the loving Savior. Amen? I pray to God we grip this and get a hold of this. Who Jesus is. Who your Savior is. And I want to pause. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, I want to encourage you to run to Jesus Christ in saving faith. Believe on Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved how can he save me? Because he has all authority to do so. I'll say this. He has, he's the only one who can. And no one else can. You know, I, I think if I can get it right, I've said it before, pray for me. That some people have power to do things, but they don't have the good in them to do it. And some people have the good in them to do things, but they don't have the power to get it done. But Jesus is the only one that has all the good that wants to do it and also all the power that can get it done. 
He is good and He is all-powerful. Isn't that wonderful about Jesus? He's wonderfully good, isn't He? And so Jesus heals her. He heals her in the, going deep into the cellular level of her body and He casts out the virus from her and He heals her in strength and she immediately, she was lifted up in verse 31 and she ministered unto them. Now that gives us another truth we, could, we should follow. So we're reading the Bible and we come across a portion like that and something, if we think about it, what we're reading, and pray and think and read and pray and think and read, God help me to see it. Here's what we saw. That right after Jesus healed her, she starts serving other people. So you see the truth in that? Jesus healed her so she can serve. Jesus healed her not so she can just be well, but she was healed so she can serve Jesus and serve other people. Amen. Jesus didn't save her from death because she ultimately died. You agree with that, don't you? She died. Later on, she died. Jesus healed her for an earthly work, for an eternal purpose. And we always pray, don't we? And we need to get past this as Christian people to think that the gospel has been given to us so we can be healed of our diseases all the time. You're not always going to get healed. You're not. We've seen God heal people at our church, haven't we? He can, because we agree He has all power to do so. But there will come a day, if the Lord tarries His coming, that your health on earth will fail. So since we know, and if you're enjoying good health tonight... That alone is a miracle in itself because He's holding you up by His good grace and His good power. And if you're healthy tonight, then serve Him. If He's giving you good health, do something for Jesus. Serve other people. Don't waste your good health that the good Savior has given you. Do something for Jesus Christ. Amen? Do something for Him. And so Jesus heals her. And then she works. The cure was for her to minister unto them. She was healed and she ministered unto them. I know it seems a lot of people, they get, they get born again and they just sit around. They get saved and that's it. They make a profession of faith. They join a church, they get baptized, and that's it. Hey, not all of us can be preachers. Not all of us can be deacons. Not all of us are going to be Sunday school teachers, but all of us can serve Jesus. All of us tonight can serve the Lord Jesus Christ. Every single one of us can do it. There's a lot of work that needs to be done. Now listen, and it's not always at Westside. Jesus, this woman is serving outside of the synagogue. And we think, well, I serve the Lord, there's nothing I can do at the church. Listen, that's not true either, but you can do stuff for Jesus on Tuesday. Serve Jesus. Amen? Lastly, verses 32 and 34. And so, at, eve, at, at evening, at the, at the evening. Now remember, this is the Sabbath day. And so, Jesus, Jesus is in the synagogue on the Sabbath day. He, he cast out demons. This is all the same day. And at even, when the sun did set, 
they brought unto him all that were diseased. So it's probably what's happening is, because the Jews, the Sabbath day started at 6 p.m. on Friday and ended on 6 p.m. on Saturday. And so they're very religious, and they didn't want, any, they didn't want to be healed on the Sabbath day because they thought that was a work. So at 6 p.m. probably on Saturday evening, they're all rushing to Jesus so he can heal them so that he, they won't be healed on the Sabbath day. And so they're all going to Jesus. And the truth, I think, that you and I should get from this is this. Is that you still have access to Jesus after the church service. Jesus can heal. Jesus can save. You have access to Christ when the religious day is over. Amen? You can grow in faith on Monday. You can grow in your faith on Tuesday and so on. Oftentimes we think that Christ is limited only on a certain day or only on a religious day. So these people, they run to Jesus after the religious day at 6 p.m. Saturday night, maybe 7 p.m. Saturday night, and Jesus, they still have access to him. Jesus, remember, is not practicing a religion. He came to minister unto them, and that's what Jesus is doing. I could imagine the scene that day, couldn't you? When all these people are gathered around Jesus and he's casting out demons and he's healing Aunt Josie and he's, he's, uh, he's helping this sick baby and Jesus is helping this man who's paralyzed. And could you imagine what's happening at Capernaum? I mean, I bet you people are shouting and crying and the blind are receiving their sight and the lame are walking and issues of blood are being healed and people who have sick of the palsy and lepers are getting cleaned up, and lives are being changed, and uh, demons are being cast out. I mean, Jesus is causing a scene, isn't he? But you know, he still has the same power today to do that. But we just don't access him by faith. We just don't go to him like that. Some of us, I think, maybe we think we can't go to him because it ain't Sunday. Or we can't go to him because it's not Sunday morning. Hey, listen, if you're miserable spiritually and you're hurting on the inside and you failed God a thousand times, your heart is broken and you're sin sick and you're worried about your eternal soul and you're miserable because of your shame, I'm glad you can talk to Jesus about it in the middle of a Tuesday night and you can curl up in all your shame and misery and you call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and he's able to save into the uttermost those that come unto God by him. Amen? Amen? He can still save sinners any day of the week. You can have access to him by faith. The time will come, Jesus said, we're going to worship God, not in this mountain nor into Jerusalem. That God is not going to be bound by a geographical location. He's not going to be bound by a certain building. He's not only going to be on 1524 Vermont Avenue. It's not, only, you cannot, it's not that you can have access to God only on a 6 o'clock on a Sunday morning. God is not limited by a calendar. He's not limited by the days of the week. And you can have access to God by faith. If it's by faith, you have access to the goodness and to the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ in your life. I want to encourage you to find Jesus, to run to Jesus. Maybe in your Christian life, you know, tomorrow morning would be a good time to start and get on your knees and pray about it. Then get up and take your Bible in your lap and say, Jesus, I want this good, awesome authority in my life because I've been running on fumes and I'm dry, and I'm dreary, and I'm not doing too well, and I need authority and power and grace and mercy that can only come through you. 
faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. And those that come unto God must believe that he is, Hebrews eleven six, and he will reward those who diligently seek after him. Amen? Didn't the Lord Jesus say, anyone who knocks, it shall be opened unto them? Anyone who seeks, they shall find. Anyone who comes after me, he said, I will no wise cast them out. If only you'd come after me, you can have me. If only you'd come to Capernaum where I'm at. If only you would come to Peter's house. If you'd just knock on the door, I'll open it. And you can have access to me by faith. You know, what does faith look like in, in our daily life? It looks like that. Faith will be expressed through devotion and prayer and a seeking heart and I'm going to find out what the Bible is saying about God and about Christ and about my life. That's how faith is expressed through a heart. I need Jesus. And the Bible says, doesn't it clearly say in the New Testament, Jesus said, lo, I come in the volume of a book, it is written of me. You have access to Jesus and he's sitting on your lap. You have access to Jesus Christ, the eternal Son of God, all good and all powerful, and you're fixing to shut him up, and I hope and pray that this coming week, this is, it's not only been opened on Sunday, that you're not religious, that you have a relationship with God. And some of you are probably thinking tonight, listen to me carefully, I wish God would speak to me. He will, if you'll just open his book, you will hear a word from God. You'll hear it. You see, you might say, well, I don't, I'm about 30. You might say, well, I can't understand what it says. You know, I'll be honest with you. A lot of times I read a passage. I don't really know what that means. I don't know how that's applied to my life. I don't know really how that meets the need of my situation. But you know what happens after a little while? God's Holy Spirit, he speaks through the word of God. And in your moment of need, in your moment of darkness, when you need a word from God, he'll bring what to your remembrance? He'll bring His Word to your remembrance. And to be remembered, to remember means that you once came across it, you once read it, you once experienced it. And how many times can you say this in your life as a Christian? You were walking through the day, you was at the office, you was on the job, you was laying in bed, and the Holy Spirit took the Holy Word of God and He reminded you of that passage and it changed everything because of His eternal Word. Here it is. Let's not just be religious. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And without faith, it's impossible to please him. And the just shall live by faith. Amen? Amen. Let's stand to our feet. 107. 107. Amen. 107. Amen. If you have a need tonight, if I, I, I'd love to pray with you. Maybe you want to come pray. Others can pray with you. Absolutely. Good time to pray about things, amen? After the word's been given, hey, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid at all to come and use this time for prayer. Don't be afraid at all. If, you, if there's a burden, if there's an issue, then you absolutely, I'd pray about it, amen? I would pray about it, amen. Let's sing together.